0: Welcome to the Exceptional Insights Podcast. I'm Sean Wargo, and I'm joined by my colleague, Peter Hansen. Hello. Together, we make up the Market Intelligence team here at Avixa.
1: Where it's our job to identify trends in the economy and understand how they affect our industry, the professional audiovisual industry.
0: Hello, all, and welcome back to the Exceptional Insights podcast with Sean Wargo and Peter Hansen of Avixa. We're back to talk about the experience economy. We had teed up over the last several podcasts the notion that our industry is growing at about $100 billion over the next five years and that all the experience components of the economy are powering our growth. So we're going to start a little bit with the context. What is the macroeconomic context that's providing this opportunity to, uh, to us as an industry, Peter?
1: I'm going to take us back to the very first report we wrote in 2020 after the pandemic had started. Uh, The the question we asked was, what happens when you have these sort of cataclysmic events? Uh, And that had us looking at the Spanish flu. It had us looking at the Great Depression. It had us looking at research about tastes and how they change over time. Are are they durable? Do, Do they... Um, get uh, affected by the events that people live through. And all of that research really told us that, th- that they're steady overall, that when you see different behavior in, say, uh, the Spanish flu, uh, the, the 1918 flu, it's a product of the fears and incentives and possibilities of the time, and that once they leave, the way people behave afterwards is quite similar to the way they behaved before. So that led us to, in most vertical markets uh, and most segments that we analyzed, to say post-pandemic is going to look a lot like pre-pandemic. The one exception I will say is we identified, not for taste reasons, but just for barrier-to-entry reasons, that corporate office market was right for change. We said that in April 2020, was that research was like, Kind of flashing saying like, hey, uh, the reason that companies were not remote, a lot of that is a kind of barrier to entry they hadn't figured it out yet. So once they're forced to, that could be uh, that could be durable. versus everything else, and especially live events was like it's not some barrier to entry oh, we haven't figured out. It's that people love these immersive experiences being together. The quality of the AV is really not uh, repli- replicable at home. So we felt a lot of confidence in saying that post-pandemic, we're going to see the experienced economy come back. Now I would say, if you kind of compare what we've observed to what maybe I thought in 2020 at the time, it's been slower. I would say that, I think part of that is a little bit like, it's even hard to say the pandemic is like fully over now because people still get COVID, like it's still an issue that matters. Um, and I think that, you know, probably it lasted so long that folks are still a little nervous and maybe like a little bit more aware of the dangers from like public health perspectives, being a person or like, uh, regaining our, our comfort, but I believe in it. I, I think that, uh, research was overall correct. And I really think we're seeing it now. What, what are, what are you, what's standing out to you about what we're seeing in that return to experience economy? Do you see it as vociferous? What do you see going forward?
0: Yeah, I think if we look back, think back to pre-pandemic even, there, the bar had been raised for us already. The, the need to meaningfully differentiate one experience from another, attract audiences, we're competing with... Gosh, even electronic gaming, uh, all sorts of online experiences, even pre-pandemic, right, mm-hmm. the, For with good audio quality, good video quality, 4K resolution, high-end mm-hmm. sound, all that sort of stuff. So I think consumers had already started to expect that mm-hmm. when they were going to a concert, a venue, a stadium, a sporting event, all that sort of thing. We'd seen it in... The screen wars in large stadiums. How big? How big a screen can you put in? Yeah. You know, at and uh, Stadium for a while had that actually uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that honor, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so we'd already seen that gauntlet. The Arms that, race. The, yeah. That's right. The arms race for displays. So we'd already seen that gauntlet thrown down. Mm-hmm. I think. So you go into pandemic, people retreat from events mm-hmm. uh, for for health reasons, for concerns, uh, for actual sh- just shutdowns. Yeah. And now as we come back. It's luring people back out, certainly, but it's mm-hmm. also competing against all sorts of other experiences. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big driver here. It means that ProAV is well-situated in it, for sure. And mm-hmm. our data certainly showing that live events, performance, entertainment are to the biggest areas of growth. And that's a part of this story of yeah. venues, facilities, investing more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the question becomes stickiness, and when does the, the demand get released? I think that's something we've been seeing in our data, too, is companies were waiting, rightfully so, for the audiences to return, for revenue to return, for mm-hmm. debt to get into a meaningful place, interest rates aside, mm-hmm. but uh, before they started investing. And that's kind of what we're hearing as well yeah. from, from the market.
1: I'll make one more related macroeconomic point but before talking slightly more directly to that. One is that uh, the macroeconomic point is that in the pandemic – the way the money has shifted, when it went away from experience economy, it went towards goods. And now we're seeing goods really struggling. I mean, we saw some of like the most peak pandemic things like Peloton struggling, and that was already like late 2021, 2022. Uh, but even now, for example, uh, the helping my girlfriend purchase a new road bike. And it was like, this is the first year since the pandemic that you can actually get a sale on a new road bike hmm. uh, and that and in, in, that, in the sphere, like, there are companies going out of business right now because goods were huge in 2020, huge in 2021, falling off in 22, and now 2023, they're not coming back the same way. And that that sign right there is like, if it's not there, where is it? It's the experience economy. So I think um, you're seeing those stories coming through in goods, and they're not maybe as clear in experience. But I promise you, if it's the money's not there, it's because it's over here in experienced economy. Mm. Now, the one apart and why and why I say. Okay, like maybe it's not like, so clear in experienced economy yet. Is these companies were hammered. The you know if you ran live events, twenty twenty was ghastly mm-hmm. uh, for for you most likely. Twenty twenty one was a hard year. Twenty twenty two, the revenue probably came back pretty strong, uh, depending on exactly you know what. Uh, aspect of live events you were in, but you're in this financial hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're seeing right now, um, and this comes through, I think, very clearly in our industry sizing data, data in IOTA, is companies are getting the, their balance sheets back to where they want it to be right, right. rather than spending um, with the normal kind of like revenue to spend relationship is not 2019, it's we're going to take more revenue and put it in our pockets, uh, which I think is like, that's probably just good financial management mostly. For sure. Um, Yeah, how exactly is that uh, translating out through our industry sizing in IOTA?
0: Yeah, what we've seen is obviously 2019 peak, really bad year for 2020, Mm -hmm. recovery 21, great growth rates, 22. What it looks like right now is two core categories that we're talking about here as part of experience economy, Mm -hmm. um, live events, performance entertainment. Looks like those recover in about the 2025 timeline the thing that we would urge, as you're kind of talking about, is everybody's on a different sort of rate of recovery cycle. And so investments um, can end up happening sooner than we might expect for certain companies, for industry at large. In fact, every time we've done revisions on IOTA, we've ended up pulling forward a little bit of demand. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about 2023 a little bit and sort of the challenges that have happened for that particular year. But by and large, every year has been a forward revision, pull forward the demand uh, and maybe trim a little bit off some of the outer years. Um, and so that that could be the case here. So yeah. I, I remain optimistic that a full recovery certainly is within the next two years, if not the next year for, yeah. the, for these categories. And recovery by that, what we mean for pro-AV's sake is that investment starts to play back, come right. back into our market. It's integration projects uh, coming um, to fruition. Mm-hmm. It's um, purchases made on new kits new yeah. technology to support live events and fixed install, yeah. all that kind of stuff uh, right. s- sort of right. finally playing itself out. Right, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and also, I mean, I think one thing we can see a little bit in the numbers is that, you know, some of the services are, are recovering maybe a touch faster and then the For sure. hardware is a little slower. Yeah. Not so much because they're not necessarily spending on hardware, but they're, like, a little shy about maybe the highest end or pushing out just one or two years of replacement right. cycle.
0: Right, right, now,
1: absolutely. Um. Yeah, you mentioned just, to that, touch, yeah, just to touch on, on that real on. quick. Yeah.
0: So rental and staging is the part of the services that we really attach to a live event uh-huh. uh, spend. And that has been um, an area where we've seen the most recovery. So mm. you see the spending on the staffing to strike and right. set up and all that sort of stuff first then as that improves, Mm -hmm. of course, we have underlying wage increases that make, you know, a profitability store a little bit more challenging. But what we start to see is the demand for the hardware then follows. The kit gets used up. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, running through its usable life. Mm -hmm. And so the next wave of investment really is in the hardware. But I I did want to affirm that certainly for us, rental and staging spend is where we saw a lot Mm -hmm. more growth and continue to see it at a robust rate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. now, uh, another aspect, um, and this is related to something you were saying about how it's not even not everywhere is fully recovered. You know, some places are beyond recovery. Um, are some very public, very prominent experiences mm-hmm. that are driving huge revenue. Yes. Um. And, and maybe folks are already guessing what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the Taylor Swift co- uh, concert series. I mean, mm-hmm. the revenue numbers on that are insane. You know, billion dollars. Uh. And like the, they, the, the, the keeps adding tour dates. It's uh, all this year, all next year. I mean, the prices are crazy, um, and then the other one is the sphere. Uh, on our, I mean, it's adding tour dates. Uh, you know, for the initial show, uh, the prices they're able to charge are insane. The uh, you know when when Avic posts about on social media it does great numbers, uh, and uh, I see both of these as kind of indicators um, for us as market researchers. Say like, hey, look. There's the demand here, that demand that we kind of always thought was going to be there. Like, here it is. Uh, And then as well, I think investors are seeing it and going, yeah, it is back, isn't it? Like, people are willing to spend a lot of money when it's cool. Uh, And one way that you're always seeing it, Madison Square Garden built a sphere in Las Vegas. They're now planning one in London. We'll see if it comes to fruition Hmm. because those things are very difficult. The Las Vegas one's a billion dollars in debt. Second one could probably build a little cheaper, but it's like, whew, like, borrowing is expensive now, so uh, we'll right. see how it goes. And um, uh, there are a lot of challenges, but I see that as just this overall positive indicator in terms of demand. Um, also, uh, probably draw for investment that, and not just uh, for, an, I this, I, this is what I'll ask uh, where you stand on what you see about this, uh, but is it, Only the big or the big kind of like the public... Uh, you know, the headline news, and it's also kind of true. We're going to percolate down through the small. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a great question because the project scale that we're talking about
0: certainly can be out of reach for, say, a small to mid-sized integrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you look at the sphere, you look at big stadiums, you look at transportation projects that, you know, there's some experience economy stuff in there too. Right. Um, it can be a hard and very competitive landscape, a, yeah. a project set to go yeah. after. It's 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 a project that any integrator would love to get a piece of, of course, mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of that mix and prove out their capabilities for future opportunity. But I think what we're talking about here is not just the big and flashy. I think yeah. it's also this is a driver for us as an industry. It's the notion that... Um, experiences need to step up their game in order to win their audiences. Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that? How do you do that in a smaller uh, venue? How do you do that in a, yeah. a quick service restaurant, in a hospitality venue, mm-hmm. um, in a more local stadium? So those types of flagships, though, are the inspiration yeah. that then trickle down. Yeah. I'm also even hearing about, um, we talk a lot about corporate office space. And one of the ways this may be playing out for corporate, too, is is hospitality kind of meets corporate. Mm-hmm. So you could even say that this sort of thing inspires, how do we redesign office space to mm-hmm. attract it, to attract workers back in, what kinds yeah. of things, not that we're gonna have a sphere-like work uh, office, though, yeah. who wouldn't love something like that? Yeah. <laughs> but I think the notion is there of an yeah. inspiration um, mm-hmm. to, attract, uh, to attract people and encourage people to come into a space, use yeah. a space. So I think that's what it's all about, and that's what mm-hmm. gives me long-term confidence in this and upside potential for it. Yeah, you know, we talk about a hundred billion dollars. We talk about five point six percent compound growth rate over five years. Mm-hmm. We've asked the question: Is more possible? Mm-hmm. And as you look at things like this, you start to say. Maybe it is, yeah. right? Maybe there's this is me glass half glass half yeah. empty, uh, uh, as, or glass half full, uh, as always. But I still think it's it's a key driver. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take long term?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that it's a, you know, especially the high end is a difficult space for integrators to compete in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one aspect of uh, of these experiences in general. Um, that I wanted to to mention, and it's and it relates to like you know what growth can you achieve in the next five years. Like the overall, you know, if you're like I say, a small to medium uh, integrator, really even our biggest integrators, like there's there's so they have such small market share compared to the total size. Um, and, and you know, if you compare it to like a tech industry like search, you know, our our integrators are are tiny little guys. Right. Um, even if they're a billion dollar revenue company, uh, so the growth that you can achieve is is really it's kind of up up to you. Obviously, up to your competitors, up to the competitive landscape. Uh, But how can you compete in this market? And I would say that you know one challenge that really stands out is: can you keep it fresh, Mm -hmm. right? That um, an immersive experience is really cool, but it can be a flavor of the month pretty easily. Uh, So, if whether you're working on the sphere or you're working on something uh, really small, really local, I think, uh, and maybe this is a place where that you know term managed services comes in mm-hmm. but like how can you help your end users make sure that it's something that that keeps driving revenue uh all of these types of experience could have an upfront cost you know even if it's not a billion dollar debt <laughs> um, that you have to pay off e- the success of it is not going to be that that first run necessarily right but the second the third the fourth the fifth can you refresh the content make uh the the technology continue to pay itself off, uh, so I think that's going to be a, a challenge. And a, and a place where, you know, these integrators who maybe have done one or two projects before talk to an investor who's maybe like new, newer to the space or like has some ideas. You know, you can be that uh, differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself by being a great resource to help them keep whatever thing you design, whatever system, uh, whatever immersive area. Uh, keep it fresh. Keep the stories coming. Um, keep uh, the newness of the content uh, to drive that long-term revenue. Yeah,
0: for sure. We talk about exceptional experiences, the marriage of three things: space, technology, and content. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're you're right. There's there's something in each case. The space is the hardest to change. Right. Yeah. Over the t- over the short term, even yeah. the long term, it, t- it requires more investment. Technology, though, absolutely yeah. monitoring. Um, remote service, uh, a- uh, rental, avia service, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing has a lot of potential yeah. for it. Even data analytics as yeah. an extension, content as service. Right. There's clearly a lot of yeah. opportunity here. It is a part of our forecast that is the most bullish. Mm-hmm. We're at about almost 9%, eight eight 85 I think, percent growth for managed services expected over five years. But I'm with you 100% on that one is where as we look at even things like ai coming mm-hmm. in that we've done podcasts uh, on as well that to me is is a potential accelerator a way mm-hmm. in which organizations integrators can start to get a piece of that managed service right. offering yeah we talk a lot too about at uh, it av convergence as a driver here and i think mm-hmm what helps the managed service story is the buyers changed. And a lot of these larger organizations, IT departments are kind of owning the procurement Mm -hmm. and they expect those kinds of services. They're used to it on the IT side. So all that lends good fuel for what you're talking about.
1: And managed services has the biggest value when you're changing regularly, right? Mm -hmm. When it's like we build out the uh, conference room and then it's the same before we refresh in five years, the logic of managed service is not as good when it's, we create this experience, um, and then it's going to have its run after three months, and we're going to need a new one. That's when managed service is really valuable. So right. that's really why you know it's a tough nut to crack, right? Why do we keep t- bringing it up? Uh, why do we bring it up here? It's, it's because this is one of those places where it's not going to just be a single installation, and then you just use it for five years. People are going to get bored of whatever experience you created. You have to refresh it. Um, and you know, you, you said space, space, probably given technology. That's where the integrators come on content. You know, that's, that's the question area, you know, Mm -hmm. like, can you really marry those two and and help the flow between technology and content be really good? Uh, I think that's where, uh, there's a lot of revenue, a lot of growth, a lot of opportunity. And I think that managed service, creates that flow probably in the most effective and efficient way for an end user.
0: Yeah, and f- and clearly full integration, full vertical integration across those three areas within uh-huh. an integrator um, company is would be a great desired state. Not mm-hmm. possible for everyone, but I think mm-hmm. the key to this, the marriage of those three things is good partnerships. Mm-hmm. It's uh, creative hiring, yes, kind of picking opportunities. As we talk about exceptional uh, experience, ex- experience economy, To me that's that's the key of this is as a community as an industry we've been mostly focused over the years on two primary places Mm -hmm. higher ed and corporate those Mm -hmm. were our bellwether our bread and butter you know that's that's where a lot of the revenue honestly still comes from but all of this is telling us as integrator community boy we need to be paying attention more to the markets that we wouldn't necessarily have thought about as much Mm -hmm. And that could be retail, could be hospitality has been more of a logical extension for companies right. in the past. Um, but certainly venues, events, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's even play in this for government, military. So mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. I will come back to a concept you and I hammer on <laughs> repeatedly, especially through pandemic, is diversification. Yeah, And I think there's diversification within a market you're serving mm-hmm. via things like managed service and additional offerings. But it's also... Where are there other solution area? Where, where are there other markets that we could go after to get a little bit better growth rate as we go yeah. forward? Uh, yeah, as you look at portfolio business, mm-hmm. certainly what our forecasts are clearly showing is conference and collaboration, a great bellwether, but not growing as fast yeah. in investment as something like these experiences. So yeah. just a note on how to uh, how to stay diverse uh, yeah. and, and yeah. how to grow business as we go forward.
1: Yeah, that's maybe a good note to end on just that. You know, five point six percent is the five year, but this experience uh, segment, you know, it's in the iota numbers. Um, I think it's in a, a lots of more signals of where you look. Like the five year is better there. Yeah, um, absolutely. that's because it's we're starting small. We we got hurt, hit hard, uh, but but it's it's pretty positive looking forward. Yeah, it?
0: for sure, seven eight percent wouldn't be unlikely. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a, a great podcast, uh, Exceptional podcast, exceptional Insights podcast about exceptional experiences and, and experience economy. Join us for the next one as we get a little bit more pragmatic and talk about what's happened in 23, how does that translate into 24, uh, to give you kind of a sense of where we're ending up this year and going on to the next. Thanks so much and look forward to seeing you on the next Exceptional Insights podcast.